Welcome to this episode of Blended, Blessed, and Always a Mess. I'm Eric. And I'm Angie. We are married with a ton of kids. We have six kids total. He has three and I have three. My name's Hallie and I love riding horses. I'm Lexi and I love agriculture. My name's Carter and I love eating. My name's Chase and I love lifting weights. My name's Summer and I love spending my parents' money. I'm Dane and I love baseball. Our show is about our blended, blessed, and always a mess life. And our hope is if you find yourself in the same situation we are in, that by sharing our story, all the fun, and all the mess, the challenges we are experiencing, it will give you some inspirations, laughs, and community, knowing you are not alone in this mess. We appreciate you spending time with us. Let's dive in. Welcome to this week's episode of Blended, Blessed, and Always a Mess, where I think we should just title it like the third worst traumatic day of our lives, because... People love drama, and the most listened to podcasts we have are when we have something awful happen to us, and so many people listen. If we were to have the title, it was like, the best day we've ever had, probably like four people would listen. It's just, but it's why the news is the way it is, right? People want to hear the bad stuff. They don't want to, they don't want to hear the good news all the time. I don't, I don't think it's that people love to hear the drama. I think it's something that people can relate to, so it makes them feel normal. As we started to record this, I was like, what's your title? And she's like, I don't have one. I'm like, third worst day ever. That's that's what we would call it. No, it's not. That's, it's not about that at all. We're just kidding. But we do need a break. Feels like, you know, here we are, time this drops. I think we're basically at 11 months since Hallie passed. It just, you know, between what you heard last week in the, the wire fraud and, you know, my mom having a stroke this summer and Hallie passing, it's been a bit of a year, right? Not one of those years that any of us are ever going to look back on and go, man, that was my favorite. We're ready for 2024. Let's get to 2024 and see what happens there. Maybe I shouldn't wish for those things. No, I, I don't even Jeez. think that way anymore. I'm just like, all right, what was something that went well today? Like, <laughs> there you go. That's what's fair. the one thing I can be grateful for today? You know, I feel like our listeners, like so many people have been through so much and life itself can be so heavy. We experiencing the heaviness from losing Hallie, but there's so much heartache out there. And I think as we're approaching a year and looking back at just how how we have coped and how we have dealt with it in good ways and in bad ways, because, you know, it's a FFT. It's a F and first time of going through this. And so you don't know what to do. You don't know how you are handling it, if you're handling it well or not. And so I, that's what I thought we could talk about is like, (laughs) as we reflect on how we have grieved through this, like what are what are some things that we look back and go, oh God, that like that wasn't good. I could see where that was maybe the not not the healthiest way to deal with it. Or actually, when we got to that point and we were dealing with it, that was a healthier way. So good, bad, and ugly, really, kind of. Yeah, I'll share the ugly for me first. Is like I mentioned a million times. Like I'm an achiever. My my brain's wired that way, and so. I instantly go into like, okay, how are we going to get through this? Let's figure it out. Let's come up with a plan type of thing. (laughs) And I really, I think, initially treated it like it was a project almost. Oh, my gosh, I've never been through such 
enormous, enormous loss and this pain runs so deep. How do I get through it? And what are, what do those steps look like? What are the phases to get to like the end point? And when you're in it, it's like, okay, what are the different stages? Not realizing that there are no stages. (laughs) Really? Like there's not, there's, you feel every, thing from denial to anger to acceptance to all the things, but I could still feel that 10 years from now. So I think knowing you as the achiever that you are, I right out of the gate, I was like, oh gosh, she's one of check boxes and clip through. You've said that on the podcast. Oh, I have. Let me give me all steps. I'll go through the steps. I'll knock those out. What can I expect? How do I get through it? And everybody griefs so differently. So there's not a right or wrong way. I think there's a healthy and an unhealthy way based on your personality that you can at some point look back and reflect on. Because even like I've heard people say it takes seven years. I've heard people say it takes 10 years to get to a point where you've done a lot of the healing. And I've also heard it gets worse after the first year because you have went through all of the first and that part's all done. And you're, I mean, at that point, everybody's gone back to their own lives, you know, and that's when it gets hard. So it's like, it just depends on you as a person. But I think me initially trying to treat it like it's a controllable steps that I'm going to get through was so unhealthy. (laughs) It's just, that was your personality before too. Like you thought you could control your own destiny. So it's like, all right, I'll control the steps. And for all of us, the steps are going to be different for the kids are going to be different for me, for Angie. And yeah, it's, it's a lot. So yeah, unhealthy, but you've worked through a lot of that. I think at least you're trying to. I feel like what I have found for me that feels healthier is to like not think about it as stages of grief. And I just let the emotions happen and just be more okay with whatever versus like trying to control it. So some days are awful. Like this week, I felt strong all week. And then tonight, I'm a mess. Rather than try to like analyze all of it, it's more, okay, I, all right, Angie, you're going to struggle. And there's going to be different things that happen that maybe seem minor and then feel like a big deal. I'm going to get freaking teary-eyed. Instead of trying to say, okay, well, like, what stage am I in? And when is this going to get better? It's just like, you yeah, know, nope, tonight sucked. And so, all right, I'm just going to put my big girl pants on and tomorrow's a new day. And that part of it feels healthier because I'm allowing myself to feel it rather than be looking ahead of like, what's the next step? I think, yes, the living in the moment and not trying to get to a step is definitely a better place to be. So I'm glad that you're doing that. I think that's good. I think for me, I have completely been a little bit of the opposite where I'm not trying to identify any of the steps. I do think I've probably hung out in the anger phase more than you have been angry most of the last year. If we're being honest, I, when Hallie was alive for the first time in my life, my life was perfect and I loved it most perfect my life has ever been. And I think, you know, we have more women that listen than men. I'm not trying to offend you, but being in previous marriages and multiple relationships over the years, women, your emotions change daily a lot, right? So it's like, I was used to 
a lot of weird emotions. Angie was like a unicorn. You came home, you knew what you were getting every single day. I said this to people, like, I knew what I was getting every single day. It was like, I'm coming home because I know what I'm getting. It's going to be the same Angie 345 out of 356 days of the year. Wait, it's 365 in there. <laughs> well, whatever. You know what I'm trying to yeah. say. All but about 10 days of the year, I'm coming home to the same woman. That was pretty great. I loved our, our kids' dynamic, the way they all interacted. Hallie was a lead. And so now, I don't know what I'm getting when I come home. Our kids don't act the same. And I don't love things the way I used to. So a lot of anger with that. Just being pissed off that this has been stolen. For me, it feels selfish, if I'm being honest. Like, it's, I get mad about what's been taken from our family. But I know that the reason I don't say this out loud is... And even right now, it's really probably the first time I've said it to anybody other than a counselor is that I know it's feel, it sounds selfish, like I loved my life and that life's not here anymore. So just pissed off, frustrated about it. And in that process, I know I've stayed at work sometimes longer than I needed to just so that I didn't have to come home to the sadness. And the bigger part for me is probably that I was drinking too many beers at night or eating food that I shouldn't be eating and putting on weight. You know, I think back about it, and, and when my dad had a lot of struggles in life around 40 years old, he did that. And he gained a lot of weight because he didn't tone it back in. And so a lot of people do that, right? You go through a stressful situation, you're not happy, so you eat too much, you drink too much, or you're just stressed about what's going on. And, and God knows, as we've talked about, we've had plenty of stress on top of just going through the feelings and the emotion. Um, I've really been trying for the last several weeks to cut back on all those things and get healthier just so that I can kind of feel some of the things that I don't want to and, and try to have some acceptance, right? That would be the key for me is to accept this is the life now that we live. And as Angie said before, I can try to find things every day to be grateful for, or I can just stay pissed off about what's going on. And so that's where we're at. But definitely think that there are times when you can still find joy and I'm sure, you know, we, we both feel this way. Sometimes you're, you're trust, you feel like I'm finding a little joy and then you feel guilty that you found a little joy. So we're still working through that too. But that's, that is where I've been a little bit over the last 11 months is just probably not processing the steps as well as Angie has because she's really let herself feel them and, and just, and name them, I think, as she's gone through them. And I'm kind of not. Oh, that makes sense. I mean, I, I definitely have felt the, anger part for you, you know, I can, I can sense that and you can kind of see, you know, it's always easier to see what the, how the other person's handling it versus like how you yourself are handling it. But I have seen a healthier side of you. So good work on that. Thank you. (laughs) I think another area that we both have done that is probably not the healthiest, is that we stay so busy. Part of it's unavoidable because we have kids in every sport and work full-time jobs and have side hustles and all the things. I I went to an event tonight for a charity here in town, popped in for like 30, 45 minutes, got in there and a lady sees me. She's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you made it. Did your wife get here? She's like, that's a dumb question. She's like, it's a miracle for one of you to be able to make it to something like this. Look, she's at a soccer game. Yep. And I actually dropped Dane off at, at training and I'm only here long enough 
that I can say hello and then get back to pick him up for training. And she's like, yep, no, that sounds about right. That's you know? so funny because at the soccer game tonight, a guy came up to me and was like, where's your husband at tonight? No idea who this guy is. He said, where's your famous husband at? I'm like, oh, my God. Because Eric's been on the local radio station for how many? 25 years. 25 years. So, like, people know him. He doesn't know them. And then much less you interject me into the situation who I'm not connected to anybody really around here. And so I have random people come up to me and like, oh, gosh, I don't know who you are. But like, he's running kids. He's running kids. (laughs) People come up to me all the time like, I don't know who that is, but they sure know me. Yeah. We're both, I mean, we're both like hyper achievers and we have, like the positive of it is we have accomplished so much in the last year to really honor Hallie. I mean, her light has to be shining so bright and smiling down of all the things that we have done to honor her. But that's also a coping mechanism to kind of not feel or deal with the real stuff. So some of it's unavoidable, like I said, with the kids. But I also feel like that's a way to try to fill this huge hole is just like stay, stay busy. And then you don't have to like really only deal with it. Only good part about that is in that process for me, I have had the greatest year at work I've ever had. <laughs> right. Because yeah, your your boss is probably like, this is amazing. <laughs> no, the, no, she's not. But, but she's been like, you need to deal with your stuff. But because she knows, she can see that I've spent more time at work because that's, I could control that. Right. Mm-hmm. In a year where we have lost all control at home, the one thing I control could control was what I was doing at work and putting those pieces together. And it resulted in a great year. It was probably unhealthy because I just, I needed something to feel normal. You wanted the grind. I wanted something to feel normal and work felt normal and it Mm -hmm. kept me busy. I prefer to be busy and not have all the feelings. As you said, like you, you can, you're doing a good job of sitting in it and I don't do that as well. Yes. I I mean, recently, I feel like I have really tried to sit in it because if you really dig deep, you can feel if you pay attention to your feelings and your emotions, you can feel when your cup is completely depleted. And I struggled really bad for several weeks in a row. And I just couldn't ask for what I needed, which was time to like think and time to process and time to just go quiet. That's how I recharge. But on the same token, I didn't want to ask for it. I think that's so hard as a mom because someone's going to be disappointed when you take time for yourself because your kids need you. They want you. If you're working full time, you know, there's that piece of it. And then your husband wants to spend time with you. So I was going, going, going on a totally empty cup and nothing was filling it. And I knew what I needed, but just couldn't ask for it. And thank God Eric was like, hey, you know what? I think you need just a weekend to go chill. And then it was like this huge relief of like, I do. I mean, I, I need that. And I was feeling the pull to just sit in the quiet. And that's so hard to do at home, especially if you're a mom, because there's always stuff to do at home. 
Like, it's so hard for me to sit down because it's like, well, I should be like organizing that drawer or that, you know, I need to wash my car. I need to, you know, what am I going to make for dinner? And you're, there's never this like quietness in your mind unless you can go somewhere or you go for a long walk or you go on a hot, whatever, like somewhere to go find that stillness without the guilt. And for me, it's like I almost have to remove myself. Otherwise, I'm going to feel guilty. Summer had soccer tournament. And it's like, so I end up talking to her like, Summer, here's the deal. Like, do you care? We didn't have kids that weekend that Eric suggested that I take a break. And I felt bad if I was stayed at our house, I definitely, I would have went to her games because it's like, I'm right there. I'm not going to miss it. So like actually taking time to get away where you can just be is so critical. So I think the healthy part of it is like having a partner that can recognize that and, and allow you that time and space. I think the unhealthy part, and I think a lot of people struggle with this is being able to say what you really need because you know at the end of the day you're going to someone's probably going to be disappointed and that's hard but then it's also understanding what you need I think that's fair and I'm not good at it either right so No I know you're not neither one of us are No cuz I don't want to hurt your feelings I don't want to be like hey I'm feeling this and you be like gosh this is my fault ball cuz that's not what I'm trying to say in those situations. And you're not trying to do that either. Now for me, it's actually a big deal for me to be able to recognize that and to give you that space because I do like to be around you. So not easy to just be like, yeah, you should go away for the weekend. So yeah. much so to the point where I come flying back. You're like, I really needed this. Thank you. It's maybe something I should do quarterly. And I texted back and I meant it in the right nicest way, but it's through text. Like maybe we just compromise and do like twice a year or see if there's three times. I was like, cause quarterly I, I'm afraid I would be, jealous and not feel good about it. So it's like trying to be honest back in that conversation of, yes, I, I see where you need it. Maybe there's a compromise on how often it is sort of thing. Yeah. So I, I um, took a solo trip. First time I, I travel by myself all the time, but first time like I went somewhere for the weekend by myself and went to Hallie's house. I wasn't sure what to expect of like, gosh, you know, is this going to be an awful weekend where I let out all the emotions, right? And I'm a mess because I'm really, really sitting in it. Or is it going to be different? I just, I didn't put any expectations on what it was going to be. I just, all I wanted was just to find peace and just sit. I didn't actually didn't cry as much as I thought. I really didn't. I don't know. Like I thought it was going to be like this whole grief cleansing type of get it all out. But I just really did a lot of thinking and a lot of processing. And I I also don't feel like we take enough time to do that. I think sometimes that's scary for people. It's scary to go to a restaurant and sit by yourself. Sometimes it's scary to be alone with yourself. But I would highly, highly, highly (laughs) challenge you to take a moment, take a little bit of time and spend it with yourself. That's fair. When I was younger, I used to think when people would eat alone, I think it was either sad or weird. I love if you're out of town, we don't have kids to just go somewhere and be by myself and eat. And I enjoy it. I mean, oh. I, I do. I used to not, but now I do a cup of coffee by myself, breakfast. By my, I mean, 
at this point, it's like, oh, I kind of like that. It's good. It's, Not a bad thing. It's getting rid of the noise. This life is so noisy. I mean, I went for a bike ride. I journaled. I talked to Hallie and God a lot. I, like, did not listen to a podcast. I did not listen to music. I sat on the beach two different times and just sat there and just processed my life and everything that I was going through. That is healthy. Not taking the time, especially when your cup is so depleted or you're really going through a hard time and you don't sit in it with yourself and think and process, that is unhealthy. So I, like I said, I just encourage you to go sit with yourself. If you don't like spending time with you and God, then, I mean, you have to give it to yourself to go try it. Learn about you. Unpack why if you're afraid of that. It's usually because you know there's something you don't want to deal with. Yeah. Honestly. You, it is. I mean, that's why people drink a lot so they don't have to think about it. They numb because they don't have to process it then. They surround themselves with people 24-7 because it's a distraction. Like if you're trying to avoid sitting with yourself, then that should be a red flag of like, boy, what am I really trying to avoid? You're never going to work through it if you don't sit with yourself and process it. So on a lighter note, One of the things that I've been asking Hallie for is this connection with Laura Lynn Jackson. So I'll talk about this book again, because if you haven't read it, you've got to read it. But it's The Signs, The Secret Language of the Universe, written by Laura Lynn Jackson. And it is a phenomenal book if you have lost anyone, that she shares how they are still with you. They are not gone. And it just gives you a completely different perspective on how you can connect with them. I'm like, okay, Hallie, you know, you've got some superpowers. I've seen you use them. So like figure out how you can connect me with her. I want to talk to her. And Saturday when I was at Hallie's house on my solo weekend, I ran a few errands and got back to the house like around 630 when it was just starting to get dark. And my mom had called me to check in because she's worried about me traveling by myself, staying by myself, and still protective, even though I'm 46 years old. But Gorgeous she, 46 she, years old. My God. Warned me that I'm... Fine wine. <laughs> God. So I carried in a few groceries and went back out to the car real quick, but I left the front door open and came back in shut the door. And I'm talking to my mom, and like out of the corner of my eye, I see something flying around. I'm like, what in the hell? And then I looked, I'm like... Told my mom, I'm like, oh, my God, there is a bird in this house. There's this little bird flying around in this house. So I'm chatting with her. I'm, like, looking around, like, how am I going to get this bird out of this house? And, and I had just bought a Swiffer for the house down there. And I'm like, I don't have a broom or anything like that. So I go open up the front door. And, like, this bird is flying around everywhere. Up the stairs, down the stairs, in front of the front door. I mean, like, it almost went out, like, five times. I'm like, oh, my God, this is so insane. What in the hell? My neighbors probably are wondering, like, what is wrong with this lady? She's, you know, standing outside her house, looking in, opening the door, shutting it. And I go back in, and it lands, and it gets completely flat. And I'm like, oh, my God, that is not a bird. That is a bat in my house. Batman. Yeah. Did you get bit? Do you have rabies? I mean, I might. 
So then I'm like, okay, She's foaming this in the mouth. shit is getting real. So I shut all the doors downstairs, and this thing is so bizarre. Like, it would fly somewhere, and it was almost like it would disappear. And then I'd be like, where did it go? One time it flew down in the grates of the stovetop, and I'm like, okay, it's down in there somewhere. Because it gets completely flat, and everything's black on that stovetop. So I'm like, get the Swiffer thing, and I'm banging on the stovetop. It never flies out. I'm like, okay, well, maybe I swear it flew down in there. Maybe it didn't fly in there. Could have let the burners fried bad. Oh, I did think about that. And then all of a sudden it didn't fly out of there. I mean, it was everywhere. So then I thought it went upstairs. This time I put a blanket over my head (laughs) with the Swiffer, and I'm going upstairs because I'm going to get this thing. And so I shut the bedroom doors upstairs. So I'm like, okay, it's, it's trapped up there. Now I can, like, breathe for a minute. And I actually several times thought about Christmas vacation. I'm like, it's probably like a damn thing's probably on my back. So I come back downstairs. I'm talking to mom. I'm like, okay, I think I have it trapped. Or I might have been talking to you. Because I called Eric, too. I'm like, what am I supposed to do? He's like, I'm. Like, I don't know. I've never had a bat in the house. Like, let me Google some things. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm, like, do we have a net? No. I don't know what we're going to do. Call pest control. Like, I need some help. It's like 9 o'clock on a Saturday night. She's like, call pest control. I'm like, well, one, I don't see a pest control. It's just like bat services, but okay. Oh, my gosh. It's crazy. So I thought it was trapped upstairs and then went back downstairs. And it's like it flew out of the pantry. I don't even know where it came from. It's the craziest thing. So finally, I'm like, oh, my God, Hallie, get this freaking thing out of this house. So I go and open up the door one more time, and then it finally, like, flew out. (laughs) So crazy. So crazy. So the next morning, again, sitting in the stillness, I'm, like, have my coffee. I'm sitting on the back patio. I'm listening to the crossing. I'm just, like, sitting in the stillness thinking about God, and they were using this analogy on the service about being a tree, and and you have to be so rooted to withstand the storms, and even through the seasons, the trees stay green. And anyway, it was just, like, really resonating with me, and then I thought, I'm going to post that on my story, and I'm going to tag Laura Lynn Jackson because... This is such a crazy sign. My friend that I feel like is partly a medium, she's very connected. I messaged her. I'm like, what do you think it means to have a bat in the house? Like this whole thing is so weird. And she sent me an article about how it's like a spiritual sign of change. And it's a good thing to have a bat in the house. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, this, there's some more, there's more meaningful things behind this bat. Somehow and now we have a pet bat. Right. No, I'm kidding. So I brought it home with me. No. So I I end up tagging her in the post and she immediately like reshared it and said, when the signs are so obvious, like right in front of your face that they are with you. And so I end up was able to chat back and forth with her. And I'm like, God, there's the the bat brought me to Laura Lynn Jackson. But I had another mom because of Laura Lynn Jackson sharing that messaging me and said, I have never come across someone else that had a bat in their house after they lost a loved one. She's like, I had the exact same thing happen to me, only it was in my house for a month when I, and I had lost a 16 year old son and we were just chatting back and forth. And I'd sent her a picture of Hallie on a horse. She's like, Oh my God, the sign that I have with my son is a horse. Oh my gosh. And then we were chatting a little bit further and she's like, I think this was meant for you. The next day she sent me this 
that came on her story, and it was a girl on a horse with sunflowers. And I'm like, whoa, hang on a second. So I sent her a picture of the sunflower bouquet that, Mm -hmm. I mean, Eric pretty much makes sure that we constantly have sunflowers in the house. And I sent her a picture of the bouquet, and she's like, oh, my gosh. And she sends me a picture of a sunflower bouquet on her table. She's like, this was for my son's birthday. He'd love sunflowers, too. Mm. Like, what is happening? When she sent the picture, she had, like, this amazing, like, big city skyline in her big picture windows. And I'm like, where do you live? India. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that insane? That is crazy. Wow. Wow. Mind-blowing. So it's like, and that's also what she says. Like, the world is so connected you just have to be open open for those connections and i feel like if you don't take time to really sit in it and be still and be able to process and think you're you're going to miss out on so many connections that are right in front of you yeah that's crazy so that's where we've been what we got going on healthy unhealthy you've got things that you think are healthy or unhealthy, share those with us on the socials. We would love to do that. You can continue to order Feathers Matter. It is uh, available at blendedblessedalwaysamess.com. You can also get it for Kindle or just order the hardback on Amazon. That is now also working. You just got the stickers that are really neat. And you can rent Hallie's house for your own piece if you'd like to down on 30A in uh, Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. We, We recommend you look at that. Where's the easiest place to find that on social it's gonna we're gonna start linking it on our episodes okay. so it'll be on our episodes they can go directly to the info page and find the link to hallie's house if you are traveling i just want to share a few little life hacks <laughs> that we've also discovered recently turo.com t-u-r-o t-u-r-o turo.com way better than renting a car you get a nicer car you get a cooler car and it's every bit as a fo- at the same affordability or less, I think. It's like renting. It's like using Airbnb, but it's for cars. Yeah. So it's it's personal, people's personal cars. And we have had, we've done, we've used it twice. The best experience. I flew down to Panama City Beach and I had rented this car. Nice car. Cheap price. Let me, well, let me tell you, you can, re- you can rent, you know. Tesla's. BMWs, Mercedes. We had a Carter and I had a Jeep that you take the top down. Yeah, or you can rent a Ford Escort. I don't know. They even make those. Those are really cheap. But, <laughs> but think about it. We, we've rented, you got a Mercedes. I got a Jeep with the top down. And it, it, it was no more expensive than a crappy sedan from Enterprise. Right. No offense to Enterprise. Just yeah, saying. sorry, Enterprise and Avis. National, and, whoever. Yeah, we'll just apologize right now unless you want to sponsor this podcast. But. Yeah, the Mercedes was, was like a 2018, kind of like a hatchback. Not sure if it was a car or SUV. It was somewhere in the middle. And it was $66 a day. I mean, that's not that much different. And literally, the guy met me outside the airport, gave me the keys of the car, and I drive it back to the airport when I'm done, leave it in short-term parking, walk into the air. It's that's crazy. what I say. You don't have to wait in the line to get your rental, which is awesome. You just walk outside and the cars either been parked there for you or you meet the person. It's great. I loved it. Yeah. Try it out. Like search your local air, like where you live because it's everywhere, just like Airbnb and see what's available. So life hack, definitely going to continue using Toro. 
Another one is if you're local to Missouri and listening and you fly out of St. Louis Lambert Airport, I've used Parking Spot 3, but Parking Spot has multiple different lots for a long time. But I haven't used Parking Spot 1. So there's like East and there's 3 and there's 2 and just never used 1. One. <laughs> One's the bougie one. All right. Once she said where she was, one. I was like, oh, well, she's switching. Like, I, I've done that one. I have to wait in this massive parking lot. They just like <laughs> come directly to me and pick me up. And <laughs> so if you're flying out of Lambert, maybe you already know this. I don't know. But parking spot one is the place to use. I knew it. I hadn't told her because I didn't like spending Damn the extra it. money. I didn't like spending the extra money. It's and that's like five more dollars a, a day. day. I know. So it could be 15 more. It could be 30. Depending on how long we're gone. That was the deal. I As soon as she told me, I was like, oh, God. She's well, now I know. She's bougie. She's she's going to want now that I know. bougie parking spot. It's one. actually more about time savings because mm-hmm. we're so busy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that it's a lot quicker to get to my car and get home okay. to you. Yes. Uh-huh. Right. Yes. Right. She's funny sometimes, isn't she? She's also cute. use Instacart. Here's the other thing. The one project, <laughs> sorry, I'm on a roll. The one project I want to do while I was down at Hallie's house is there was two pots that have been sitting there for a long time. I'm like, okay, I do want to go buy a plant for each and plant them in those pots. That was my one little thing that I was going to do. And I needed actually potting soil. So I just Instacarted that shit. And so, you know, I don't have to, I don't have to take. We Instacart so much stuff. (laughs) We once Instacarted a Yeti cooler to the beach. Yes. I didn't have to go drive 15, 20 minutes to Lowe's or Walmart or whatever and get potting soil and drive. I mean, it would have wasted an hour and probably 15 minutes of my time. Instead, I ordered the potting soil. I could go do my thing, and then voila, it's on my porch. As my wife has said to me since the day we met in 2019, time management. Time management. Time management. Time savings. It's more time I can (laughs) grieve and sit in the silence. She grieved and sat in the silence and Instacarted some potting soil. So (laughs) there it is. (laughs) (laughs) That's all all we have today. That's the title. Grieving and Instacarting potting soil. <laughs> That's our life. That's <laughs> our excitement. That's our big thrills. Uh, well, we hope you have a wonderful week as the weather starts to turn across the country. You can be able to get your warm blankets out and sit down and cuddle up and listen to this podcast, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Have a wonderful week. We'll talk to you next week. God bless. Thank you for listening to Blended Blessed and Always a Mess. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and at blendedblessedalwaysamess.com. Reach out to us on any of our social channels. We would love to hear from you. Have a great week.